The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. It's the Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. I really am rugged with handsome, all right. It's early Sunday morning, the sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7, I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be needing a caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball, right? Yeah. Moving my head. Yeah. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. When you're not shooting me. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Is that right up, folks? See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. From the double bogey blue. Which, of course, means we don't like the groundhog. Welcome <laughs> to the golf show on the fan. Good. 680 and 93.7 FM. It means a different thing every week. Um, we missed Groundhog Day. Uh, that's uh, that, I'm Brian Katrick. That's Chris Mascaro, J.R. Ross. Other, other side of the glass, Adam Crooks. And there's uh, Cullen Madden. Here's a guy. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when was the last time we put stock in the uh, in the groundhog? By the way, what did our groundhog do? Did not see it. <laughs> didn't see the shadow. He didn't see it. No. Did not. No. More winter. That means more winter. Yes. No. No. That means didn't see early. It means early spring. It's backwards. Yeah. When the yeah. groundhog sees the shadow, All that right. means six more weeks of winter. We're going to the other one. Let's go. Colin. So I get confused between the two, but I do know that the Georgia one, the Georgia groundhog, saw different than the national groundhog. So the national groundhog, who apparently died right like before. Like Phil. Yes. No, the Canadian one died. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, the, the, can, oh, it was can, the Canadian one, too. Canada has one, and oh, okay. he died like 45 minutes before he was supposed to come out, and they didn't what, have a backup. What does that mean? <laughs> I wonder what that means. That Win, can't winter, be good. Winter, winter forever? Sign. What's the sign of the dies? All right. Adam Crooks, I'll give you credit. You look this up. What do you got? I, okay, so if he sees his shadow, there's six more weeks of winter. Thank if you. If he doesn't see his shadow... There's not six more weeks of winter. That's so better forecast here from what guy that ours used to be called General Beauregard Lee. I don't yes, know. Yes, that's called that. That was his so name. He's still called so that. So Adam. Okay. What he, was the verdict? He saw a shadow, right? So we got six more weeks of winter? He did not see no, a shadow not. in the south. No, there was no the sun hadn't been out until <laughs> yeah, yesterday exactly. for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like two years. <laughs> 
So uh, the news that says the Punxsutawney, Phil, Punxsutawney Phil predicts six more weeks of winter. Yes. But that's yes. in the, the big, north. Yeah, he saw his shadow. Yeah, I didn't see it. Right. Rory didn't see his shadow. Right. Our guy didn't see his shadow. Could he and, identify his shadow? And the Canadian one died. I didn't feel the need to acknowledge him. Right. Right. That's how you do that. <laughs> um, all right. So last week on the show, that was Rory talking about Patrick Reed tossing a T in his direction. And we thought that was just the dumbest thing ever. And then the tournament happened. I'd be expecting a lawsuit. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Rory, buckle up because we're we're not done talking about Patrick Reed. We get to third round. By the way, Patrick Reed would go on to lose the tournament by one shot one. to Rory McIlroy. So the week started like that. McIlroy wins by one. Has to birdie eight. Had to make a fifteen footer to win by one. Over Patrick Reed. Were you were you rooting for the putt to go in, or did you want to see the train wreck? I did not want to see the train wreck. <laughs> uh, because the day before Patrick Reed is playing, I don't remember which hole. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> he hits a tee shot way right, and it gets stuck up in a palm tree. There are three palm trees down the right-hand side of this hole. Uh, it was apparently the par 4 17th was hole. On That's 17. right. Three palm trees, and the European Tour camera, which they're rough. Most of the time. But they were in the desert. So the sun was shining. They were actually able to follow this golf ball for almost all of its flight. And now you're talking about a golf ball that's doing 200 miles an hour for some of its ball flight. And, you know, by the time it gets to the tree, it's still probably doing 100 miles an hour or something like that. It appears that the the ball gets stuck in the top of the first palm tree. It doesn't look like the ball comes down, and we don't think it's a big deal, other than that's a crappy break for Patrick Reed. Uh, Probably good that the camera saw it, because at least we know kind of where it is. But the rule says he still has to identify his ball. When the when the camera pulls out, you can know no you can look that there's nobody underneath that palm tree. There's no there's no spectators around. There's nobody within fifty yards of that tree as they pull out. But we're still wondering. You can't really see the ball go in the tree. You can see the trajectory of the ball. It wasn't going to make it to the second tree, and it wasn't going to make it to the third tree, and it disappears at the first tree, so pretty good chance it's in that first tree. So the marshals see it. Patrick Reed gets out there. They direct him to the third tree. They're like, hey, your ball went in that tree. They brought him to the third tree. That's not Patrick's fault. He was back there 285 yards away. No clue which tree his ball's in. They bring him to the third tree. Now the problem is, the rules of golf, Jr. You, you're a PGA professional. You've got to know. You, you've got to be able to positively identify your ball. Otherwise, it's a lost ball. The difference between a lost ball and an unplayable. You can take an unplayable lie if it's stuck in the tree, or you can go. You can go play it. You know, <laughs> Patrick probably would try. Wasn't his caddy has climbed a palm That's tree right. before. <laughs> so, but Patrick could play the ball, or you can take an unplayable lie, which means you're hitting three from underneath that tree. You've picked. You know, right. you're 300 yards away from where you started. Uh, but you got to be able to positively identify your ball. If you can't, you have to go back to the tee, and you're playing three from the tee. Correct. It's a it's a stroke and about a you know close to a 300 yard penalty somewhere in there. Uh, so they bring Patrick to what everybody in the world thinks is the wrong tree. We don't know it's the wrong tree. The uh, the the jib shot shows us there are a lot of golf balls in that tree. The official comes up to Patrick and says, "All right, what uh, what's your golf ball look like?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but this is why 
players have little markings on their ball. Patrick puts a little red dot underneath the word Titleist, and he draws a line through the words Pro V1. Apparently, there's, he puts a little arrow on the end of he it. Does. He tried to explain that. I didn't understand what he was saying, but he makes a big black line. So he tells the official, I'm playing a Titleist 2 with a red dot and a black line, and they get the binoculars out, and they're looking in this tree from the bottom of the tree, and sure enough, the official sees a ball that seems to have a black line on it because that's what Patrick said. They could see the black line, and they say, Patrick, is that your ball? He said, that is my ball. And the official says, you got to be 100% sure that's your ball. And he said, I am 100% sure that's my ball. These guys told me it went in this tree. That's my black line. I'm 100% sure. Except that we saw the video, and that's not the tree that the ball went in, as far as we can tell. Did he mention that the, in the practice round he hit one up there in that tree? He did not. That's probably what happened. Now, see, so here's where I'm torn. Because, obviously, he couldn't be 100%. Because we're pretty close to 100%. It was in the other tree. And these two trees are, what would you say, Chris, about 10, 15 yards yeah, apart? Yeah, about 15 or 20 yards apart. Yeah, between the first, because there was one in the middle. Right. So there's three palm trees. They weren't really next-door neighbors. <laughs> uh, could the ball have hit the first palm tree and bounced into the, sec- the, to the third palm tree? No. Yeah, yeah it could have. No. Doesn't seem likely. The camera didn't show it. It's a little fuzzy, you know. We're we're not seeing. We don't see it. Right. I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. <laughs> you know, if I'd have known Rory was available to co-host the show, I wouldn't ask these two guys. To do it. <laughs> I was done by my bike. <laughs> Rory wasn't even on that hole. <laughs> All right. So that there, right there, is the crux of this debate. Patrick Reed said he was one hundred percent on the ball that the that the public is not 100% on. Not sure you could be 100%. We're closer to 100% that it was in the other tree. I don't think anybody's 100% that that was his ball in that tree. Right. So now what? Well, he takes the drop <laughs> there. And he drop. makes a bow. I mean, yeah. So what at, happens? At the end of the day. Did, right. they ever, did they ever mention how long they looked? That's a good question. Uh, I've been told that it took longer than three minutes. That's what I thought. Yeah. And guys have shimmied up trees in the past to identify golf balls. Patrick That's, Reed has sent Kessler yeah, get up the a tree. caddy up there. What are we doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're 100% sure, let's shimmy up a tree. Yeah. So some of this is on the marshals who told him it was in that tree. Some of this is on the official who, you know, just he, maybe he didn't explain it. Here's how this is supposed to be explained. Patrick, you have to be 100% that's your ball. There are a lot of balls. Lots of people put a black line. Tiger puts a black line on his ball. Black line may or may not be enough. But the official, the part of the rules of golf are integrity. The official in this question, in this case, is John Paramore. You don't have to know who this is, but this is the strictest of the strict. This is Mr. By all officials are pretty much Mr. By the book. But this guy is the guy that does the timing of the players. He's he's the one in the room. And they got a group of officials. He's the one in the room that they always send. Oh, we got to put we got to put Sergio on the clock. You know, here's a guy. John will do it. <laughs> send John. I don't want to. Go, John. You do it. <laughs> no, I'm, it's not right. I'm not interested. John, you're going to do it. Right. I'll, go, I'll go put him on the clock. So he's the guy that puts. He he's the guy. Who's the 14 year old that played in the Masters? Tianglong Wan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Remember, he got a slow yeah, play penalty? Right. This is absolutely. the guy that gave it to him. He penalized a 14-year-old at the Masters. It was about five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The kid's still well. crying about it. <laughs> but this guy can't do anything about that. 
He doesn't know which tree the ball is in. He has no idea that the camera showed the right tree, although he does have a radio in his ear. They may be starting to buzz about it. All he can do is look at Patrick Reed and say, you have to be 100%. And if Patrick Reed looks at him and says he's 100%, it's over. It's over. Now, as a, as a tournament committee, you can go look at the video. You can decide it was in that first tree, but then you've got to send somebody up that tree. Patrick, here's all the balls we found in the first tree. Here's three of them with black lines. This one looks just like the ball you putted with on the previous hole. We also went up the third tree. We pulled the ball out that you positively identified. It was a Srixon. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they would have had to do to catch Patrick Reed, and nobody did it. Right. Why? My question is why. Great question. Why wouldn't you? Even if you weren't going to do it in the moment, why didn't you go back later, right? Because we've seen rulings happen post a tournament round, Mm -hmm. right? Why didn't you do that? That... That is what really makes it makes you me scratch my head. You don't think with what's happened between the two of them all week and previously and Christmas Eve had anything to do with <laughs> we're just going to kind of let that one go? Could, could John Paramore, knowing which ball he looked at in the binoculars, gone back to that third tree and pulled out the ball that Patrick Reed identified and found out if it was his ball or not? Yes. Yes, he could have. Yes. Now, the competition's closed by the time they would have done it. You know, the competition right. closes at the trophy ceremony. It's how most of them generally, generally do that. Uh, but if he wanted to make a big deal, I mean, it, I'm not so sure this is over yet. Really? If, if John's got the wrong, if, if, that's, if that was a Srixon or, a, you know, Bridgestone, if that was some other group's ball, I mean, a Bridgestone's got the dual dimple design, by the way. In your yeah. estimation, if it's not over, pattern. <laughs> in your estimation, if it's not over, what, where, where do you what do you think the next step would oh, be? Bigstonegolf.com. Uh, <laughs> well, if he was a if he was a tour player on one of the organized tours, you could suspend him. Guys okay. have been suspended for for video reviews in the past of of putting a golf ball back in a different spot on the greens. That that's. How do you cheat in a professional tournament? That's come up. How do you do it? You really can't. You're on right. camera all the time. Right. Uh, about the only one that ever comes up is you'll see a guy mark the ball over here and then move the ball back over there. They accused John Rahm of that. He marked it at 12 o'clock and then respotted it at 9 o'clock. Uh, well, that was the big thing, too, with Tiger, the year in the Masters, where he dropped the ball and hit the flag stick on 15 yeah. if he was going to be DQ'd or not. And John Paramore was right. in that discussion. I was right. actually talking with John Paramore. On that Friday night, yeah. USGA throws a throws a cocktail party during the Masters week, and it was on that Friday night. It was at the Augusta Country Club, and I was talking with him, and all of a sudden, about eight fifteen, the room emptied. Right. I was like, "Boy, this is this is not just a reputation. These are really some stuffed shirts, man. This thing started at seven thirty, and we're eight fifteen. We're leaving. <laughs> we're out, baby. <laughs> this room is empty. Hit the the band stopped playing. There's nobody. <laughs> and it was because all of the officials were there. It was the USGA's party, and they all had to go meet in the room to figure out what had happened with Tiger. You know, Tiger said, "I dropped here," and this is he didn't realize he was breaking a rule. They had to figure all that out. Uh, so, but Tiger gets the benefit of the doubt in a lot of situations. Patrick Reed is giving up that right. John John Paramore is not a benefit of the doubt person, and the rules of golf are not benefit of the doubt rules. They they don't want to leave it to the benefit of the doubt. Uh, how this goes is, hey, Patrick said he was a hundred percent, and then here's the ball we found. It's not it's not his. But they didn't. Nobody found the ball, so that nobody took the next step that would be required. And then you would then be this. This would be the biggest evidence we've had. 
Everybody so, thinks they've seen Patrick Reed cheat. Nobody's seen Patrick Reed cheat. And unless you get that golf ball down, you still haven't seen Patrick Reed. So you don't Reed think cheat. anybody has shimmied up that tree in the in the day since? That's why I say it may not be over. Some I think somebody has of gone up that tree. Of course they have. But the thing is now you better get on camera. It right. better be John Paramore. We better know it was the same ball because all Patrick has to say is that that's not the ball I identified. There were 17 balls in True. that tree. There was a yellow one. Yeah, I saw the yellow one. <laughs> True. That's <laughs> That's and that one look good. In his behalf, that's what he would say. Yeah, yeah. that's not the ball. Yeah. yeah, but you know, you got to know that there are two buddies. One guy with with a camera with his uh, video on, and the other guy sure. going up the tree, and they're they've got video evidence. Yeah, that's it. I'm telling you, that happened. Yeah, but you better again. You better you better have the cameras rolling the whole time. <laughs> That same camera guy better still be rolling, never cut, because otherwise you're going to court. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk rules. Richard Adams from the Georgia State Golf Association is going to tell us. Uh, there's nothing. There were some changes. 2023 is a rules revision year. Uh, they, they have nothing about palm trees. <laughs> but he'll tell us about it. Palmetto Dunes, you would think they'd have yes. that, that in there. Clark from Palmetto Dunes is coming up also. They have palm trees there. They do. Plenty. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all that coming up and more. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. No, I'm, it's not right. I'm not interested. John, you're going to do it. Right. I'll, go, I'll go put him in the club. The A. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Well, there was nobody driving overnight at Pebble Beach, AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, suspended because of wind. Even though it wasn't windy over at Spyglass Hill, there's three courses, three groups. You can't, boy, they stop at one course, you got to stop at the other one. They had to stop, and it will be a Monday finish at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. They're going to try to finish the third round today, then make the cut, then send everybody to Pebble. They're not that far away. They're going to have to go down 17-mile drive. There will be folks driving from Spyglass to go play more golf at Pebble Beach. Nobody cry for them. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be all right. That's Who's Driving, brought to you by Ray Judice. All right, we are joined right now by, uh, by Richard Adams from the Georgia State Golf Association. I don't even know. Richard, would you? Richard, what's your title? You, you could be you. We need to get caught up. Your title has changed, I think, since the last time you came on. Welcome to the show. How are yeah. you doing? Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am officially the director of rules and competitions, but I'm I'm just if you play in our events, you just I'm just one of those rules guys you see out there. Oh man, woo! <laughs> director of rules and competitions, Georgia That's State right. Golf Association, uh, Richard Adams. Well, it is great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Look, I'm I'm looking forward to speaking with y'all. All right, let's start at the top. 2023 is a rules revision. How busy are the rule or rules revision year? It happens every four years. How busy are those years for you guys? Yeah, they're obviously this time of year. Uh, we get a few more requests to do rules seminars, and we're going to put a bunch on. Uh, there's some on our website if people are interested in learning about them. And as, as you all probably know, the rules get revised every four years. Obviously, 2019 was pretty high profile. There's a lot of big changes, I would say. This year, it's not as it's, there's not as sweeping. There's just kind of the continuation of the of the modernization process that the rules are going under. But I think there are a few things that probably people should uh, should know about as they're starting to play golf here in 23. Hey, Richard, Chris Mascaro here. 
I know uh, Rule 25, new rules are added to modify what's going on for our players with disabilities. Talk about what's changed there. Yeah, so this this is like we'll see with a lot of these changes. This was a used to be a local rule, but now thankfully they added a rule in the book this year. So the 25th rule is allowing essentially for players with disabilities to play golf easier. They they relax some of the relief procedures, or they just for an example, uh, if you're taken away from a penalty area, uh, Rule 25, if if you meet the certain criteria, i.e., if you have the certain disabilities that it's speaking of. Um, you're allowed more relief. So if you, it, sometimes the way that the land is, it's too sloped to drop within two club lengths. So it's going to allow players with disabilities four club lengths to, to drop. And this is something that uh, the adaptive golf space. Obviously, we've been running an event and have uh, adaptive events for a number of years. But this is an area that's growing. The USGA added an adaptive open last year, and this is only going to grow. And this is a great step and just making golf more uh, inclusive and, and, and allowing more people to play uh, either just recreationally or competitively. So it's nice to have that rule in the book now. Yeah, 100%. Hey, Richard, it's J.R. Ross here. Uh, over at Dogwood, running the tournaments over there, probably one of the biggest rules that my members probably don't know, don't respect. you gotta, you got to hole out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have to hole out. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, we've had that one several yeah, times. Sorry. Yeah, True story. Thank, thank, thank you, Brian. Yeah, you're right. It's not your fault. No, that's a good one there. Uh, but the stand, standing behind your partner's line, I know that rule's changed. And I mean, we've had, I'm sure that's violated every time they play. <laughs> yeah, so this, they, they, they changed it in 19. And as, as Brian knows, as all y'all know, what happens a lot of times is, is the way these rules get changed is they are interpreted on the professional tours, not quite the way that the, the USGA and the RNA wanted them to be uh, interpreted. So what, what they're doing now is um, they, they still don't want either a partner or a caddy to stand directly behind the player to help them line it up. So um, there's, but, but what they, how they changed the rule is it used to be if your partner, your caddy was behind you, when you started to take your stance, you were in breach and there was no way to fix it. So, what they're, they've done now is if, if you see your partner standing behind you and helping you line up, you can back out of your stance, have that person move away, and then start over, and then there's going to be no penalty. So okay. that's one that is, you know, the, the player's not stuck the minute they take their stance and their caddy or their partner's back there. Okay. And the professional golf tours had amended that almost immediately, but you got to right. wait four right. years to get it in the books. Richard Adams, our guest, he is the king of the Georgia State Golf Association – I think that was the title, right? Yeah, that was it. yeah. We'll, we'll um, go with that. Uh, big one, and matter of fact, next week, Waste Management Phoenix Open. I think it just goes by WM now. Phoenix Open. Uh, we saw one, and they've changed it. the uh, The old ball at rest uh, is not at rest anymore. The, the, the Ricky Fowler rule. Tell us what changed there. Yeah. So this one makes. I think it makes a lot of sense, and it didn't when this happened. I think it was in 2019, the first year these rules came out. So. Ricky was taking relief from penalty area, so obviously he's paid the penalty to get out of there. And he dropped, and his ball came to rest. And then it, about a few seconds later, it rolled back into the penalty area. And since it was at rest, he had to get out of the penalty area. He had to pay another penalty stroke. So I think everybody knew at the time this doesn't quite make sense. He's paid the penalty to get out of there. Let's let's keep him out of there for just the one-stroke penalty. So the rules have changed in that any time – whether it's penalty error, anytime you're dropping or you're placing a ball under a rule, if it comes to rest and then it rolls into a different part of the course. So if you're dropping in the fairway of the rough and it rolls into a bunker or penalty area, you're just going to put that ball back with no penalty. So 
that again, this is kind of the spirit of the rule that when they saw that happen in 19, that's not quite what they wanted. So again, another part of these changes is they're trying to make it simpler and they've eliminated some unnecessary penalties. So this is one that I think makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, having to essentially take two strokes to get out of a penalty area is not what the USGA and the RNA wanted. No, it happened to Charlie Hoffman, I think, last year also. That's right. He lost his mind, Chris. (laughs) No doubt. Wasn't happy about it. Charlie Hoffman, by the way, pictured on the quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Richard, talk about damaging a club during the course of a round. How have the rules changed with that? Yeah, so this one, again, it may not – I don't keep any extra clubs in my car when I play. I generally have the 14, but if you – you know, for whatever reason, if you, other than through anger, if you just if you're playing a stroke or something happens and your club breaks through no fault of your own, you're going to be allowed to uh, replace it within a timely manner. So if you're on the fourth hole, you can't go run into the pro shop and get a new driver. That's going to delay play. But uh, when you're making a turn or at a time, you know, if you've got somebody with you, they can come run run to your locker and get you a new club. You're going to be allowed to replace it again if that damage happened through the normal course of play and not through abuse to your club. So this was another thing that was a local rule that's now in the book and, again, makes sense that, you know, as long as you're not slamming your club down on the ground and breaking it because of that, if your club breaks, you can replace it or you can try to fix it in its damaged state, which is probably going to be the more common um, way to fix that. So what's the rule if uh, JR talks in Brian's backswing and Brian throws the club at him? Is that a... Where, where do we stand on that? Good question. That could yeah, happen. So if the club breaks, he's going to be stuck with that club and can't replace it, but maybe he's going to be finding somebody I, new to play I with. I think that's no fault of his own. It's bad call, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. bad call. Uh, Richard Adams, we appreciate your time. GSGA.org, if you want to see all about these rules changes, USGA.org will take you through it also. The GSGA.org has the local tournament schedule, and you need to see that. Richard, well done. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. That's Richard Adams from the Georgia State Golf Association, Director of Rules and Competitions. Might even be in charge of my amateur status. Really? Uh, A lot of power. Since it's shows about me, anyway. (laughs) That's not in question. Uh, No longer. It's much easier to deal with now. (laughs) There was a time when it was... uh, Oh, I know. It was something else. Yeah. Uh, the late great Lane Williams, who uh, we've who had that there. discussion before. Yes, Lane. Lane's like, well, I'm I'm in charge of your amateur status, yeah. so you just come to me. I know. Sorry, that's not Lane Williams. Brian, I'm the official in charge of your amateur status. That's that's <laughs> Lane. Williams. You just come to me. We'll handle it. <laughs> All right. Joining us right now, you heard us. Uh, 680 the fans' 30th anniversary, and we gave away this gigantic trip. Uh, the the entries closed on Friday, so uh, we're, we're just rubbing it in right now. Because joining us from the place that we were sending you, Palmetto Dunes, out there on Hilton Head, is Clark Sinclair. Clark, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning. Did you know how big this contest was, Clark? That we, this is the 30th anniversary of this radio station, and you guys were the first prize that we're giving away. Big prizes every month, but you were the first prize. Did you know that? I did. I did. We, we talk about it. Uh, we have meetings every week, and that generally comes up. Mm-hmm. Clark, hey, Chris Mascaro here. I want to get your thoughts. What You've been there 40 years, right? This is the 40th year for you there at Palmetto Dunes. Talk yeah, you, about that. Yeah, you must get our newsletter. Um, 
this this year is the uh, actually the 40th, and it's been great. <clears throat> Excuse me, we talk about it all the time. It's like being on vacation, you know, while you're working. So it, it's beautiful. Lots to do, and uh, weather's good. Course is always good. Uh, I, I can't say enough about living down here. Hey, Clark, it's G.R. Ross here, and, and I've spent a lot of time over at Palmetto Dunes, obviously a great village. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, you know, the driving range facility, all the updates that you made over there and turn it into like a dining, and it's a great experience. Yeah, last last year we uh, put in Top Tracer uh, by Callaway now, and it's been very popular. We put in a covered driving range that is artificial, but we've got all the Top Tracer accoutrements so you can – uh, see your ball speed and direction and play games. Uh, there's go fish on it. You can compete against your friends close to pin. Uh, set up a little uh, shed down by the range where you can do, uh, we do F&B out of, uh, plus food comes down from the restaurant. It's been a really great addition. It's not super packed all the time. Uh, there's plenty of room, but uh, it's definitely increased our range activity and uh, the golf shop activity. And we're always looking to make improvements on it. We've added TVs, uh, obviously music, of course, and we're going to continue to make that grow and get better. Great. Clark Sinclair, our guest from Palmetto Dunes out there on Hilton Head Island, palmettodunes.com. My favorite part about Palmetto Dunes, Clark, is that you bring the non-golfers and there's plenty of things for them to do there. Tell everybody what all else there is to do, because I think that's a big consideration. We, we understand the golf is great, but for the rest of the family, for those who are not going to play that game, tell everybody what else they're doing there at Palmetto Dunes. Yeah, the biggest part, obviously, is we've got three miles of beach uh, within our resort, so that's, a, that's obviously the number one uh, attraction, and kids love that. We've got stuff going on. Uh, we do bike rentals, kids' bikes. We do lots of stuff at Shelter Cove. Like we, uh, I think the snow day is coming up, and uh, there's events over there. Uh, Doug Weaver, director of golf, always accommodates juniors and uh, clinics and, and lessons. And it's it's just endless. Uh, my my son's grown up, so I've kind of gotten out of all that. But there's a plethora of things to do. Uh, the, a lot of people like to go on the Crabber Jay over in Shelter Cove and go out crabbing. Uh, there's a mermaid experience. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's amazing what, what, what there is. I mean, we're going to put a disclaimer. They've, you just said they have mermaids at Palmetto Dunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. Who am I to say? <laughs> All right, JR. That, that's a big lure. <laughs> Yeah, one one that I thought was interesting last uh, summer when we were there was called the Turtle Trot. What, what's that all about? <laughs> uh, we do that uh, during the summer, and Pumana Dunes uh, does it with the POA and uh, some local charities. And basically it's a event. We've, they'll run two different courses around, around Pumana Dunes. Uh, one will... Uh, encompass the beach more, and then the other one will be through Pumadins itself. And they'll set up a tent at the general store every now and then. And basically it's just uh, promoting a turtle awareness and, and, and how they 
live and come to the beach and return to the ocean and how they need to be protected. And there's uh, groups on the island, like everywhere else, where they actually protect the nest and keep an eye on them while they're they're uh, nesting. So okay. they get mermaids again. Very, very community. Spoiled a lot turtles. Of <laughs> yeah. Clark, yeah, you have it all. Clark, you know how I feel about those turtles. <laughs> turtles live better than I do. Let's talk about how great the golf is there, Clark. I mean, you got three courses there designed by Robert Trent Jones, George Fazio, Arthur Hills. Talk about the unique layouts that you have. Absolutely. All three are different. Uh, all three are consistently in great shape. Uh, the our Robert Trent Jones, obviously, the most popular course uh, we have and on the island um, that has the uh, ninth hole that leads to the ocean. Tenth hole is on the ocean. And then it plays away from it on the 11th sea, and it, it winds through the 11-mile uh, lagoon system, which is awesome, super scenic, wildlife, uh, basically runs straight out to the ocean and comes back to the clubhouse like a lynx course. And the hills course, super good, doing some work on that course and redoing some work on, on the clubhouse. But that is one of the best layouts on the island. I still believe that. And so does a lot, lot, so do a lot of other people. Uh, it's more of a shot maker's course, not too long, multiple tees to help you out, uh, smaller greens. Cool thing is there's only uh, 15 bunkers on the course, so that's uh, a lot fewer than Jones and I need and to play that Fazio, one. Which have, which have 50. Yeah, I haven't played that so, one. I, I want to play that one. I, I got to get on that one. <laughs> if I'm going to play one, it's that one. It, it is a must, <laughs> believe me. Uh, we used to we used to play the uh, Golf World Golf Digest uh, Collegiate there up until 2000, and it was super popular. Every pro you see on, well, all the older pros now that you see on TV or uh, have played there in their collegiate career. So it, it's really neat. Nice. And the Fazio course, uh, uh, wide, pretty wide open. If, if you if you don't hit it left, you're doing pretty good on that course. It's Fader's Paradise, Greens or Diamonds, Zoysia. And super pretty. Had a really great year last year as far as conditioning. And expect that to go forward. And it's loved by juniors. Uh, we have junior tees on all, all three courses, too, going back to the junior question. And just a super, super fun combination. All three totally different. Love to hear that you guys are uh, still working on stuff. I thought it was perfect before. Can't wait to see it afterwards, Clark. Uh, big gyms? You're not messing with big gyms, right? It's still good? Um, big gyms, uh, believe it or not, that improves also. Uh, I've talked to some folks uh, that uh, come there timeshares and uh, residents, and they keep coming back over and over, and the food is consistent and great. And pretty much everything you want. Fish tacos, great. Hamburgers, great. Uh, barbecue, great. Can't, can't go wrong. Best breakfast sandwich on the island, too. Oh, my God. I forgot about the yeah, breakfast I mean, Don't believe me. I was getting there. Don't worry about it, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't forget about the general store fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, see, you know, I've never had that. I gotta, Oh, I, you will. Next time. We're going. All right. Deal. Clark, thanks for the time, man. Always great to hear from you. PalmettoDunes.com is the website. Great stuff this morning. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you soon. You thank you. It. That's Clark Sinclair from Palmetto Dunes. Good dude. Sounds like it. So sounds like I got to get the buddies, and we got that's got to be the buddy trip. Three courses, a little yeah. bit of sand. I'm in. Yeah, I never knew that about the Arthur Hills course. They've they've. We, I've only played uh, Robert Trent Jones. I've only played the Jones course. I played the Fazio and Jones. I've never played the Arthur Hills. Yeah, 
And that hole he's talking about, the 10th hole goes out, and he's not on right now, but the 10th hole ends right at the beach, and you turn around, you play back away from it, as he said. But to the left, that's that's a border hole of the property. There's another resort. There's another property to the left of the 10th hole, and they have a beach bar right next to the 10th green of the Jones course. Wow. And there is a hole in the fence. <laughs> Imagine that. Right. I wonder how that happened. It's Imagine not that. hard. Now, now, they have their halfway houses back there on the 10th tee because it doesn't come back to the clubhouse. So, so you may have just loaded up, but the veterans know, let me just wait. And, you know, the money goes to a different resort, but still, there is a beach bar and it's usually hopping. Now, you're going to get served a little faster in the halfway house of the Jones course, but. I mean, I think there are some people that have quit rounds. <laughs> Y'all just go ahead. Hole in the I'll, fence. I'll be here. You yeah. circled an area <laughs> of interest. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sure. All right, we'll take a break. Lots of golf news to get to on uh, on this busy Sunday, the week before the Super Bowl. It's the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7. Before you hit the links, start your morning with the Golf Show. Brought to you by PlayTheGolfIsland.com. Now back to Brian Katrick on Atlanta's golf station, The Fan. So glad to have you with us here as we wind things down on the program. I've had enough of those turtles, by the way. Love Clark, love Palmetto Dunes. The turtle trap's awesome, head. dude. It's yep. not awesome. No good. It's awesome. The they are they close things because of the turtles. Oh, the turtles. We got to protect the turtles. Let the leave the turtles alone. The turtles are fine. Not turtle friendly. I'm anti turtle. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a strong that's a strong statement. Really? That's, a, that's very strong on a Sunday morning. That's right. <laughs> wow, uh, just it's turtle entitlement, really. You know, <laughs> it is. like I'm not I'm not going to get go out of my way to uh, to injure the turtles. I just you're not going to break I, for one. Though. No, no. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> See you driving over. Hey, that turtle. I've got that guy. They, He's uh, in my sights. They, <laughs> They they love their turtles. I'm oh, anti turtle. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this will be good. All right. So here's a story. There's a complete non-story in my book, but the room disagrees. Uh, pictures have beginning begun to surface. The Swilkin Bridge. Okay, Adam, are you familiar with the Swilkin Bridge? Yes. Judging by the picture set in the group chat, it is the one at St. Andrews. Yes. yes. I believe it's over holes. It's either 17 or 18. 18. 18. 18. It's, yes, it's after the 17th green. The Swilkin Burn runs through the 18th and first fairways. Yes, I am I am familiar with that bridge. Okay, good job. I'll give you credit. <laughs> Where are we on the credit standings? We got to post. That. Oh, we don't ever. Uh, that's that's a good question. <laughs> uh, so they believe that the Swilkin Bridge may be as old as 800 years old. They have they have now added a, a landing area on both ends of the Swilkin Bridge. They've gone back and they found some of that stone because uh, it wasn't hard to find. It's over there on the beach. <laughs> Which is, you just keep going. <laughs> There's more of that over there. Uh, and so they've built basically a cul-de-sac. Yeah, it's not a landing area. It's a patio oh, deck. Yeah. Well, and so people are freaking out. Go ahead, freak out. <laughs> I just, I, it, again, I it's eight hundred years old. I mean, you play, they play everything the way it is over there. I mean, at least if you're going to redo it, 
Do it. Try to do it like Augusta National. You exactly. Redo something, but it looks like it's been there this, forever. This would never happen at this the front of like, Ho- the Hogan looks, Bridge. You know what this looks like <laughs> to me, Chris? And I, Chris, I'm glad you're on my side against him. <laughs> this looks like he's very glad of that. This looks like there's ten guys that went to the Home Depot on the weekend <laughs> and wanted to do it themselves. Let's go get a whole bunch of stone and we're going to replace this <laughs> Swilkin Bridge. They well, made, that's what I take. They yes. made. They didn't touch the Swilkin Bridge. The Swilkin Bridge is untouched. What? No, it's very. It's not right. Yeah, it's very important. <laughs> well, it's touched enough. It's untouched. Uh, they went and found stones that look just like the rocks that are in the Swilkin Bridge. Because again, I know where I told you where they are. They're over there on the beach. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they look just like it. it looks now, like it's raised did, up a half a mile. <laughs> they made. They made it into a perfect circle. This landing area, and I think that's what's really rubbing people the wrong way. Uh, there are lots of memes. Tim Heron posted a meme that said, hey, they're not even Loved done it. yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It superimposed a hot tub in the middle <laughs> of the, uh, the Euros. Now, keep in mind, this is one of the oldest courses in the world. It's not the oldest in the world. Uh, it's one of the oldest in the world. The oldest in the world's in China. Everybody knows that. They invented the game. Um, but they're freaking out. I've been across the Swilkin Bridge. I've been very fortunate. There's a mud pit on either side of the Swilkin Bridge. This is just avoiding the mud pit. Why? Because everybody stands there to take the picture, and you created a mud hole, and now they've put rocks in the mud hole. This was a brilliant idea. Yeah, but I don't think that when the times I've been there, I didn't, I didn't ever experience the mud hole going out as far is what it appears that they put these rocks Definitely. In. They have preemptively reached farther than the mud hole. I mean, they should have just made it back to the tee and made a path. <laughs> they, couldn't mean, call, they couldn't call back nine greens and they get were that, an artificial Chris, green in that area or something. They haven't invented artificial <laughs> turf over there. They don't even have ice cubes. <laughs> you know what they got? They got old rocks. Ice cubes. <laughs> They're over on the beach, and so they brought them over here wow. so they don't have mud anymore. That's <laughs> no, not right. <laughs> 100% Colin. Yes. Credit to you. So people are on the board. Go look at the pictures. People are freaking out because they built a cul-de-sac on either side. And, of you're, the, uh, and you're good with it. I, I'm I, fine with I, it. No, I love no. it. 100%. No. Is it, is it no. definitely in play? Yeah. yeah. What do you what mean? Do you mean? Yeah. It's not in play. When was the last thing? Have you ever hit the Swilkin Bridge? No, no, but I guarantee there's some people play there that do. Well, this doesn't affect that. If you're going to hit the Swilkin Bridge, the cul-de-sac on either side is... <laughs> I mean, if you think they'll build a house next to it. <laughs> they can't. It's public land. Well, Could yes. you imagine how many permits they had to get to oh, build this cul-de-sac? I agree. Totally. Look at the pictures. Judge for yourself. People are freaking out. Looks out of place. This is a bad idea. It doesn't look out of place. It, looks, it, it really does. It looks new. 100% it looks, does. Yeah. Again, they're not building that at, in the front of the Hogan Bridge at Augusta National. No. I don't care no. what's there. They don't allow mud at Augusta National. <laughs> they don't have it. Well, that's true. Exactly. Because the, they don't allow people to take pictures out because you can't get you on You can't it. get there. You can't go to it. This is open to the public. Oh, it's, I know. It's no, a public park on Sundays. Absolutely. That's where that is. mud hole came from. It Dogs used to be, in the whole nine. You know, it used to it. be closed on Sunday. It, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They had to get a permit <laughs> when they moved the British Open to Sunday. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Augusta National, they made some changes to the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, the They would take the top 30 to they play the first two rounds over at Champions Retreat. Then they take the top 30 right. to Augusta National. Everybody, everybody got to play a practice round on Friday, but only the top 30 advance. No ties. They would have this heartbreaking, gut-wrenching playoff 
after yes. the 36-hole cut. Well, now they've decided to take ties. It's 30 and ties. So you might have 40 or 45 people. Right. Big old, tut, big old tut, cut. But uh, they also are going to televise the first two rounds from over at Champions Retreat. So that got him. That's nice. Great facility. Yeah. yeah. Went to the event last year. It's a wonderful event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this may be the last year, rumors going around, this may be the last year of the uh, World Golf Championship's Dell Technologies match play. It, it's believed to be the last year in Austin. Now, the World Golf Championships, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. These elevated events, or excuse me, the designated events. The, the World Golf Championships have kind of run their course now. They were the world tour. We've already done that. Right. Uh, now we've got another bit of a world tour. I promise you there's going to be a match play event next year. Yep. But apparently it's not going to be in Austin. It's all still rumored right now. I don't like that. I liked the Austin course. Yeah, it's a fantastic and it's a fantastic event, too. I'd hate to think that we're, you know, I, I'm with you. I think we're going to have one. I'd sure like to know where and when. You think they That's move a it closer event. this way? Because of... I don't know. I kind of liked the TV on the West Coast. See, it's also sitting right in the middle of the Florida swing or right at the end right. of the Florida that's, swing. Yeah, that's my point. You right. jump back out there. That's a good call, Jim. Yeah. So I, I like something. You, you, can take, you can take a different date and play it. You just find out what you want to do. Right now the schedule is very front-loaded. And next year the schedule is going to be front-loaded. We're going to start at the Tournament of Champions in, Jul- in January. The last major is now the British Open. It's in July. That's it. So bang, bang, bang. We're finished. Seven months in, we're done. Now you have the playoffs after that, the Tour Championship. Right. But that's only lasting another month. So it's very front-loaded. Uh, I have to see where the right place is for this. Sugarloaf. Well, in the calendar. No, I'm talking about facility, though. Are you going to play it in the middle of the summer? I mean, that was the, the problem right. with Sugarloaf, and we played the Mitsubishi Electric uh, right, we got Classic We've got a Champion there. Store event there. Yeah, and it's awesome, but they're in the same date that the old Bell South Classic used to have, and some years the weather's perfect, and some years the weather isn't. Yeah. Right. It's great uh, last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're the PGA Tour, you have the chance. You have the whole country. You have the whole calendar. You can look at anything. Let's make sure we're in the right place at the right time. Yeah, but I like where you're going. I, I like something at the end of the year that keeps people interested, and that's right. I get the playoffs, but I like. I would like to see this event later in the year. Than it was, I think it will be later in the year. You play it after the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup then? Uh, no, I think you'd want to play it right before then. All right. That's where Wouldn't I think you, you get yes. balking, though, don't yeah. you? I like that. But yeah, you get like some right balking before. of being ready to go overseas i don't know i just i don't know either thanks to uh, richard adams clark sinclair good stuff in there cullen adam better than marginal you're improving (laughs) i'm anti-turtle the warm air the sounds of baseball it's got you thinking about hitting the road and no matter where your adventures take you subaru of gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in 
and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.